You Can Be Happy Now, page 144. Helping Others. God created each of us to complete our respective missions. No one else can accomplish our particular assignment. If we see ourselves as the unique results of God's inspiration, our lives take on a new meaning. We are more likely to believe that He involves Himself in every detail of our lives. Even negative people and events can be used by Him to nudge us toward His goals for us. Some unbelievers insist that we are deceiving ourselves when we believe that God is actively involved in this world. But even if that were so, I learned that helping others gives us pleasure. Seeing discouraged people receive new hope and joy is among the most satisfying of experiences. God's joy is like a boomerang. It keeps coming back to us when we give it to others. Jesus said in Luke 638, Give, and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together. Will men give unto you? Will be poured in your lap? When our joy decreases, <clears throat> Proverbs eleven twenty five gives us a proven remedy. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. <clears throat> I once attended a home Bible study hosted by an 82-year-old man. This elderly gentleman bubbled with such joy and enthusiasm that I gained a new understanding of why God wants us to be joyful. This man made such an impression on me, in fact, that I also attended his Sunday school class, where once again I saw him bring joy to other people. He didn't teach or preach, he just interacted with everyone. His sincere joy and personal warmth were a blessing to others, Qualities we should all strive to emulate. God's joy creates enthusiasm in us, which in turn encourages others to receive His joy. As a result of meeting this man, I am now more dedicated than ever to proclaiming Christ's joy to all the world. Our next article is God's Special Joy. Consider this all-too-familiar scenario. You are tired, angry, discouraged, really stressed out. You definitely aren't in the mood for being super spiritual. Acting if you are the picture of joy is not on your agenda. The last thing you want is yet another spiritual exercise. I understand. I've been there many times. What to do? Jesus was a master at devising practical solutions to problems. Yet people often brush off his solutions as not being practical. When he said that anything is possible if you have faith, he meant just that, anything. When we hit a stone wall of stress, overwork, anger, or dejection, that's the ideal time to practice believing what Jesus taught us. That's the time to believe that God is replacing our unhappiness with his joy. That's when we should believe that with each passing second, our inner joy is increasing. In short, we should learn to believe that it is our time of trouble that God uses to create new joy in us. When we do this, those times become extra special. We experience a joy that doesn't come from completing our work, being entertained, eating an extra special meal, or anything else that normally brings us satisfaction. Those special moments 
are something like being on an escalator moving upward. We are not moving ourselves. We are being lifted. God has reserved a special joy that comes only as we learn to believe him. As we believe, we come to understand that our difficulties can be a stairway to his higher calling. Believe it. God's special inner joy is available to us under all circumstances. Each problem we encounter presents yet one more opportunity to learn to believe what he says. Each trial we face offers another chance to grow in believing that God is doing whatever he wants done. The best way I can describe my feeling as I trust in God is that I have a very intense feeling of thanksgiving to him and a keen awareness that he is taking care of all my needs. Perhaps Psalms 23.4 explains it best. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Fear no evil? Did this writer have any idea of the fears we face as we conduct our daily affairs? Yes, I think he did. I believe he enjoyed a personal knowledge that God was with him and would always be with him, even in the face of death. Because of Jesus, we can now enjoy an even happier relationship with God. We will fear no evil, for he is with us and in us. Such blessed assurance increases our joy when we walk through our own valley of troubles. And Jesus said, enough troubles are for today. Why put on some tomorrow? Why think about the ones yesterday, the opportunities lost? The fires of joy, our next article. There comes a time during our search for the joy of the Lord when we realize that we must suffer. We come to learn, in fact, that there are some facets of joy that come only through suffering. Jesus said in John twelve twenty four NCV, A grain of wheat must fall to the ground and die to make many seeds, but if it never dies, it remains only a, a single seed. Dying does bring a dramatic change to that which once was alive. Dying may not be what we want, of course, but it is what we all need because that's the way we enter heaven. The citizens of Iceland have been described as the happiest people on earth. The winters there are bitter cold, with darkness raining for 24 hours each day. To most of us, Iceland does not spell happiness a native sociologist there believes that the reason for his people's happiness is not in their comforts, but that their discomforts have convinced them to enjoy what they have. Did you hear that? But their discomforts have convinced them to enjoy what they have. During my childhood, my generation faced many conditions that would likely cause suffering to today's young people. When we went anywhere while our dads were working, we traveled by foot or, if we were lucky, by bicycle. We seldom knew the pain of pleading with our parents to take us anywhere. We had plenty of time to fellowship with one another as we walked or ran from place to place. In fact, almost everything we did seemed to produce fun. We seldom got into trouble for being out too late because home was the only place we could get something to eat. Our parents rarely had difficulty locating us, because they knew the parents of all of our friends, 
and we knew for sure that if we did something wrong, someone in our community would soon tell our parents. Those sufferings, I know now, helped us to grow up balanced and secure. Most of us had to work at family chores. Such work was not our preferred activity, but without our knowing it, these chores were actually were a blessing to us. We enjoy simple things, and our nerves were not frayed by the frantic pace of many present-day activities. We can all profit from our difficulties. Countless successful people, in fact, have declared that it was their difficulties that caused them to succeed in life. How, then, can we cause our difficulties to work for our good? God's word addresses this question in Romans 5.3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. Let me read that again. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. Understanding that God intends for all things to work for our good will stoke the fires of joy in our hearts. Amen and amen. Our next reading is called Spiritual Superiority. When I was young, I did not feel mentally or morally superior to anyone, but that changed when I became a Christian My zeal to win people to Christ became stronger than that of anyone else I knew. This zeal was a gift from God, but I became prideful and holier than thou. I began to think that other Christians were lax and lazy about spreading the gospel. My irrepressible zeal also caused me to look down on those who had been Christians for many years. Even the people who were responsible for helping me to become a Christian seemed to me to be poor examples of what Christians should be. I thought I was more faithful than most Christians, and I am sure my inflated opinion of myself was obvious to others. When I had the opportunity to preach at my home church, I found ways to point out the sins I saw in some of the members. It never occurred to me to thank those dear people for what they had done to help me become a Christian. A feeling of superiority nearly always makes us think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Later, my high opinion of myself turned to sorrow as I learned painful lessons about my own feet of clay. Now I look forward to the time when I will see those dear saints in heaven and can thank them for all of their prayers and efforts on my behalf. The following verses have become increasingly important to me. All of you, clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. 1 Peter 5, 5, 7. I have learned that God withholds many good things from us if we entertain pride. Once we feel superior to other people, we remove ourselves from the protection of God's mighty hand. We then become prime targets for Satan's temptations. 
The more I learn about humility, the more clearly I see how far I have often strayed from God's will. I realize his amazing grace in all he has done for me. As I meditate on his patient love for each of us, my joy in him continues to increase. Our next story is called Ugly Bugs. When we hurt, we are very likely to wonder why God doesn't help us. At those times, we may be the closest we have ever been. 